0: It is so good to see you. And I just am so excited about where we are in Scripture. We're in the 20th chapter. We're going to finish this chapter of the book of Acts. And we're going to be looking at verses 32 to 38. It is Paul finally now saying goodbye, finally leaving. And we're going to see kind of what made Paul so special in the eyes of those in Ephesus. Why did they just weep over him and just uh, just lamented over the fact that he was leaving and i think all of us will know the answer to that when we get there but the fact of the matter is it is an attribute that all of us can have in our own hearts in our own lives look at with me please oh there's a couple of announcements i have to make let me do that oh i love you guys so much this is a, this is a great 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 time for us in our church it really is we had a, a, a basic rock uh, Seminar, I guess you'd say, this this afternoon and in, in morning in the church. Uh, quite a few people attended. We got a chance to tell them where we're going, what we believe we are as a church. Any and all of you are welcome. In fact, we would encourage you strongly to come so you can get to know us a little better. We get to know you and, and just all of that. This, this month, the last day of this month, the 31st, Wednesday, the 31st, it'll be in your brochure, I'm sure. We will have um, what we were going to call a Rock Harvest uh, Festival, um, family fun, here at the church. It's going to be a neighborhood festival. Any and all of the people in, in our community are invited for this, uh, hopefully, a safe environment for the family. There's going to be food, of course, and fun for everybody. There's going to be a larger than life game events. There's going to be a, a batting cage, see if you can hit. There's going to be a surf simulator. See if you can surf. There's going to be a a bungee trampoline. You have to... I'm not getting near it. We're going to have a rock climbing. Uh, I'm not going to get near that either. But I'm going to watch. See you try and do it. Plus, there will be a special play area area for kids six years old and under that we will kind of care for your family. The admission is free. We want to invite our community. We want to invite you to be a part there's going to be athlete cards. There will be baseball cards that we will give you. And you can get an autograph of the Hall of Famer. Tommy Lasorda will be here. Also, Jimmy Campanis. There will be Rod Gaspar, who I played baseball with. He was one of the fine center fielders. Played with the the Mets when they won it back in 69, I guess. Won the World Series back then. And John Verhoeven, who is a, a part of our church, of course. And uh, they will all give you their autographs. There will be... Um, on-site cooking of hamburgers and hot dogs by uh, Blake's Place. And there'll be uh, dinner coupons that you can have. Uh, you can get them in the foyer for $5 each. Uh, the night of the event, if you wait for them, they will be $6 each. Uh, you will receive one free raffle prize ticket if you purchase the dinner coupons before the event. Now I feel like I'm reading something. that Additional raffle prize tickets will be available at the event for a dollar each. If you need more information, Call our church. Ask for someone who is just amazing. Her name is Shelly Bentley. She does so much for our church. Um, God has given us this young lady, uh, we believe, to just as a treasure for us. She does so much and and so wonderfully. So if you have any kind of questions you might want to ask, would you please call the church office? Ask for Shelley Bentley. Out in the foyer, there will be uh, any and all the information that you need. Wednesday, October the 31st, the last day of this month, we will have this fun festival. I think you'll want to be a part. And you'll especially want to bring your kids so that we can enjoy each other. Let's turn, please, to Acts chapter 20. Read with me verses 32 to the end of this wonderful chapter. May I say to you before we, we start reading, forgive me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce off something. It has been our prayer as a church staff of... of uh, of kind of incorporating what we've been learning over these past months in this great, great book of Acts. We want to, um, we think we've gotten to the place where we want to challenge all of us, myself, you, every single person here, to become an Acts 2 believer. We want to become a church like Acts 2 explains and gives us orders to become this church. After this message, we are going to double back in the weeks to come and take a look at Acts chapter 2 and try to teach. don't know how long it will take, but we'll teach the six different traits of what a a true believer looks like when we see it and what a true church looks like when we see it out of Acts chapter 2. And I am very, very excited to do that. Now, we're going to close this particular chapter, chapter 20, starting with verse 32. Paul says, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul says in verse 33, I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me. Verse 35, Paul says, In everything I showed you, that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Verse 36 tells us, When Paul had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Verse 37 says, They began to weep aloud embracing Paul, and repeatedly kissed him, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken that they should see his face no more. And then they were accompanying him to the ship. And he was now going to go back, as he had said he wanted to, to Jerusalem. And the problem was that he and they knew that if he went to Jerusalem, bonds and afflictions awaited him there. As a matter of fact, look, while you're while you're right here at verse, chapter 21... And you look at verse 13, when they asked him, Don't go, they begged him, Don't go to Jerusalem. In verse 12, in verse 13, Paul said, Why are you, what are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready, he says, not only to be bound, but even to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And that gives us a tremendous insight of this wonderful man, why we should, if at all possible, incorporate his life and his style of living into our own, if we can. Let's pray. Father, would you do us a most wonderful privilege? Would you please just allow us to see a glimpse of the power and the, and the might and the, the awesomeness of who you are? Would you fill this place in each one of us, Father, with your presence? Would you use your this, this time, this time that you have given to each one of us to teach us in a manner that you see is best for each and every single one of us. Touch our hearts. Open our eyes. That we might behold wonderful things from the words that we have just written, read out of your word. The very acts of what Paul is doing and how he embraced the people and how the people embraced him. But more importantly, Father, how He embraced you with His life, giving you all the praise, all the glory. Willing, Father, if need be, to die for Your name in Jerusalem. So, Father, would You please minister to us? Move me aside. Allow us, Father, to see the words that we have just read as they come to life, I pray, and that we might see Paul and Your Son And in so seeing your son fall more deeply in love with you, we pray, Father, in Jesus' precious name, amen. When Paul gave this benediction, verse 32 is basically a benediction to those he was going to leave behind in Ephesus. He already said to them, I'm leaving, and for the most part, you will see my face no more. So he says in verse 32, "I, I commend you to God. And, he says, to the word of his grace, And he mentions the word of his grace, the very words that we read, the very study of the word of God is able to build you and me up. In other words, able to help mature us, grow us in our faith and give us the inheritance among all those who are sanctified or set apart. Paul was asking of them to build each other up. That's what the church does. That's what the family of God does. We equip one another through the gifts that God has so graciously given to every single one of us to be used within the family of God. And to be mature can only come through the Word of God and God's grace. Paul wanted all of us to long for the Word of God and His grace. Look what Peter says. Turn with me, please, to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Peter says in 1 Peter, chapter 2. 1 Peter is to the right of the book of Acts, of course. And if you go to the last book in the book of of your Bible, you'll find the book of Revelation. So then if you start turning to the left, you'll go past Jude and 3rd, 2nd, 1st John, and you'll see 2nd Peter and then 1st Peter. 1st Peter, chapter 2, verse 2. Peter says, I want you like newborn babies to long for the pure milk of the Word. To long for this, the Bible. Long for the pure milk of this Word of God. Why? Peter says, So that by it, by it meaning by God's Word, you and I may grow, may mature in respect to salvation. The very essence that allows you and me to become people who mature in the Lord is getting to know the word of god simple as that back to acts chapter 20 and verse 32 so therefore when paul said you and i will receive the inheritance we will be sanctified or set apart he says this inheritance wow i wished i wouldn't have asked you to turn back from 1 peter i just i'll do this i won't make this mistake tomorrow we're going to go right back to 1 peter please i'm so sorry Very silly of me. This word inheritance is very important. And Peter, Peter really, really nails it in 1 Peter chapter 1. See, Paul wanted them to receive the inheritance, the assurance of their salvation, which would set them apart, which would sanctify them from this darkened and evil world in which we live. So this inheritance that Paul says, I've, I present to you in Ephesus, Peter tells us in First Peter chapter four, or excuse me, First Peter chapter one, verse three, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Look at verse four. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable. It's undefiled. It will not fade away. It is reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5, Who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This inheritance doesn't get any better than what we just read. This inheritance... For every single one of us who have trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior is to know that we have reserved in heaven, reserved under your name. There's a reservation for you. Hopefully you don't have to meet it tonight. But there is a reservation for you in heaven that is is so promised that it will never fade away. It is imperishable. It's undefiled. It is protected by the power of God and it is ready to be revealed in the last time. This is given to you and me, all of us, who have trusted in Christ. This reservation, this this inheritance that you and I have will never fade away. It is protected by God. It's undefiled. It is imperishable. Back now, let me see. Uh, I don't think we're going to come back to First Peter anymore. No, let's leave. <laughs> Paul reminds them and us in verses 33, 34, and 35 of Acts chapter 20 of where now our interests, are our... our uh, Our passion should fall. And that is not, not with money as our goal. Now, I want you to know something. To those who have the fortune of making lots of money, there is absolutely nothing wrong with wealth. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. There is nothing wrong with money in and of itself. But money ought not to be your or my goal in life. Paul says in verse 33, Vax chapter 20, I've coveted no one's silver, nor their gold, nor their clothes. He says in verse 34, You yourselves know that these hands, Paul is saying, ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me. Verse 35, he says to them, In everything I showed you, that by working hard in this manner... You must help the weak. Remember the words that the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. A God-honoring ministry, a God-honoring church, a God-honoring life or person must focus on giving rather than receiving. In essence, God will not bless a ministry, a life, a church whose life, is preoccupied with receiving getting money how can i say that so strongly well look with me uh, don't look it's just a just about five words i'm going to you can look later i know this because jesus christ put it simply and directly when he said in matthew 624 you cannot serve god and mammon or riches or money in other words You've got to choose. You can't serve them both. Choose. Which one will you serve? All of us, as believers in Jesus Christ, are commanded in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, let your character, Hebrews 13, 5 says, be free from the love of money. Be content in what you have. Be content in what you have. Be free from the love of money money in and of itself is not bad money in and of itself is not wrong to be a wealthy person praise God nothing nothing wrong but it is wrong for you and or for me to to live our lives in the pursuit of money rather than in the pursuit of God It's doubly true of those who serve the Lord, like myself. Those who are in position of spiritual leadership and who care for the church are not to do it for any material gain. Look at 1 Timothy right now. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Now, 1 Timothy would be as if you were going back to 1 Peter, but you'll stop short of 1 Peter. It'll be to the left of 1 Peter. It's before the book of Hebrews, for instance. There's 2 Timothy and 1 Timothy. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. In the third verse, talking about someone who would serve in the church on staff. Now, here's where I have just a little bit of of a trouble with all of this, is because I want to teach you and me that there is nobody more special than anyone else here in this church. There is no position here that is more vital or, or needed more than any, all of us. And so what I want to try to teach us as we go through an Acts 2 type of church is to realize that all of us have this position to help equip one another to be a leader in some way, in some form, in some fashion within the body of Christ, within this, the Rock Community Church. But for a spiritual leader, it says in 1 Timothy 3.3, 3, you ought not to be addicted to wine. You ought not to be pugnacious. That means aggressive or argumentative. You ought to be gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. Isn't it interesting that that is thrown in there? Not addicted to wine, not aggressive or argumentative, gentle, peaceable free from the love of money. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Look at verse six twelve. 12 I don't have this on the board because I just thought of it just about half an hour ago. It says in verse 6 of chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, godliness actually is a means of great gain when it's accompanied by contentment. In other words, what Paul said in Philippians, I am content in whatever circumstance I find myself. Well, here in 1 Timothy, he writes, Godliness is a means of great gain when it is con- accompanied by contentment. We have brought nothing, in verse 7, we have brought nothing into the world so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these, we should be content. But, verse 9, those who want to get rich, want to get rich is key. They fall into the temptation and the snare and many foolish and harmful desires which would plunge people into ruin and destruction. The love, verse 10, the love of money, not money, but the love of it, the person that wants, wants, wants to get rich. The love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for that, for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pain. Flee, he says in verse 11 these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So what we see there is that money in and of itself is not bad. The longing for the the desire to make it and to put everything else off is not good at all, because it will cause great pain in your life. Many have fallen, the Bible says, into destruction because of it. Let's go back, please. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, where's Titus from? Um, from where you are in Timothy? Titus is is uh, is just after Second Timothy, isn't it? Stay there. Aha! See, saved you, saved you from going back and forth. Pretty good. <laughs> the love of money has always been characterized as someone who is a false leader or a false teacher. I'm not going to have you turn to it. In Isaiah it says, the dogs are greedy. They're not satisfied. They have gone their own way, each of them to their unjust gain. Isaiah denounced greedy, false leaders as Paul does in Titus chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. He says, there are, verse 10, are you there? Titus 1, verse 10, there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, he says, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families. They are teaching things that they should not teach. Why? for the sake of sordid or distasteful gain. There is nowhere in Scripture that we should become rich because of being in ministry or working for the church. Now, the Bible says that that a a good um, staff person is worth double the wages. So there is all of that. You know, you, you kind of figure it all out. But the love or the desire to be rich is is a bad, bad thing within the body of Christ. To become rich? Wonderful. To desire it and to pursue it with all your heart to where you put everything else at second place? Troublesome. Troublesome. So Paul said, back to Acts chapter 20 and verse 33, Therefore, as he's leaving these dear people in Ephesus, I've coveted none of your silver, none of your gold, none of your clothes. And then Paul says, I've ministered to you with my own hands. Having said these things and having to leave after he says, it is more blessed, in verse 35, it is more blessed that you and I give rather than what we receive. That's so true. I want to teach that in the weeks to come. It is a blessing, a blessing beyond your wildest dreams if you become a person who is a a giver rather than desiring to take from people. Having said these things, Paul, and having now to leave these dear people, in verse 36, Paul says, knelt down and prayed with them, all of them. And when his prayer was over for them, it says in verse 37, they began to weep aloud. They embraced Paul. They repeatedly kissed him. Verse 38 says they grieved, especially over the word which he told them that they should see his face no more. And with that, at the end of verse 38, they walked him to the ship that he was going to get on that would go eventually taking him back to Jerusalem. Now, what do you think? Think with me now having looked at Paul a little bit, what made his life so special to these people? I mean, what made them to weep aloud that he was leaving, wanting to embrace him, kiss him over and over on his cheeks, I'm sure, and and begged him, I'm certain, don't go, Paul. Stay with us. Could it be that he was very special to them? Of course. Why, though? I say to you, he was special... To them, because his life was right before God, he lived a life that was right before God, and they could see it. He made his life a priority to feed and to guard the people that God brought his way, who came to Christ and started to grow in their faith. That's some I desire with all of my heart to become. Could it also be that he devoted himself to the ministry of the Word of God? Yes, that's it. You see, he brought them to the place that they knew that they were hearing not from Paul so much, but from God. And when they knew that they were hearing from God and that Paul was that that kind of go-between that helped explain the Word of God to them, they, they loved him deeply and then... They saw that he was totally free of any self-interest. He, he was, his agenda wasn't to make himself something special. His agenda was to make God something special. Look what Paul did to gain the respect of these dear people. And think about it. If you're in business, think about it in your own home. Think about it with your friends or whomever. Paul was content. He was content with what God gave him. He did not covet their silver, their gold, or or their clothes for that matter. Paul was diligent. He worked hard. He worked with his own hands to support his own self. He was selflessness. He, He desired to help the poor. He followed Jesus Christ's word. It's better to give than it is to receive. How do you and I know that we might be doing that with our lives? How do we know we're living a life in integrity, with godly character? Well, Paul didn't use his position as an apostle to help profit financially himself, nor to boost his ego, nor to build a name for himself. It wasn't his purpose in life. His purpose in life was pure. He simply desired to see lives change. He simply desired to see the church built. He simply desired to see God be glorified. That's a trait that you and I can have here in this church. That is a character trait that all of us can have. That we can build each other up. That you can help equip me and I can help equip you. And we can build each other up so as to glorify God and And to magnify His church here in this community. We have that privilege. With no self-interest of our own. no, No particular hidden agenda that we can become somebody special. Paul was satisfied with what God gave him. Paul was satisfied wherever God placed him. All Paul wanted to do was serve the Lord with the time that God gave Him on this earth. Have you ever asked yourself, why do you teach, or why do you serve, or why do you give to the Lord? Why do you come to church? Have you ever thought that through? What's your purpose for being here? To the best of your ability, do you know what your motive is? of being at church? Is it to feel good about yourself? Um, is it to protect your salvation? <laughs> is it to be nice to God so He'll be nice to you? I used to do that. Figured uh, figured, uh, if I, you know, it was tit for tat. If I gave Him something, He'd give me something in return. That was the only reason long time ago that I went to church at all. Just if I was in a slump, playing baseball, which means I went to church often. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. No, if I was in a slump and and, and I, I was having trouble hitting, I'd go to church. I'd go. Uh, here I am now. Give me a couple of hits tonight, would you? I'd just try to make him be nice to me. If you find yourself trying to get something out of serving the Lord, more than just the joy of worshiping Him, the joy of being fulfilled in knowing that you have glorified His name. If you find yourself not obeying Jesus Christ, then it may be time that that we re-examine our priorities in life. What, What is the purpose that we are... What's the purpose of our lives? Why are we living Why do we come to church? Why do you serve the Lord? Why don't you serve the Lord? Think it through. Contentment. Are you happy and at peace with what you have? Diligence. Are you doing the best to provide for your loved ones, yourself, your family, your church? Selflessness. Are you giving or are you taking in your relationship with your family, with your friends, your children, your parents, your church, I want you to um, I want you to think about something. We don't have these yet. They're in the back, aren't they? They're in the foyer. In the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at the structure of uh, Acts to church. A church that we, this church here, the Rock Community Church, wants to become. With all of our hearts, this is what we want to become like. I I want to reason with you in the next few weeks that it is impossible for you and me to become the church that God wants us to become without every single one of us being an Acts 2 believer. I'm going to try to challenge me and you to be a person who is diligently in God's word on a daily basis if possible. A person who understands what it really means to have Christian fellowship. A person who knows the wonders of communion with God. And the power that comes through a consistent prayer life. A person who meets the needs of the church through a consistent giving of the, of the monies that God has made allowed you to make while you're here on this earth. And a person who is a true, true worshiper of God. You're going to receive this brochure. It is no other reason you ought to receive it just to see how beautifully it was made. This brochure was graciously paid for and made by a family in our own church did it for us. I want you to keep the brochure and I want you to read through it thoroughly. What we're going to do in the weeks to come is to focus our lives on our being obedient in every area of our life as a church. The Rock Community Church and Acts to church. When people ask you, where do you go to church? You'll be able to say proudly, I go to the Rock Community Church. And if they ask you, what do you do there? You're going to be able to tell them exactly what it is you do at this church. In this, on this brochure, it's so beautifully made. It's the biblical principles of stewardship. It's, it's biblical principles of, of of being a steward. Uh, There is a, a dialogue with one of our church members who, who wrote this conversation that he had with God. And he's going to allow you and me to read through this conversation he had with the Lord that got him to the place of, of understanding his, his will be done, God's will be done, not his. In this you will see how we should feel about the money that we have received, how, to, how we should earn our money, how we should uh, spend and how we should use and how we are to become a church. Out in the foyer, um, you receive these. I would like for everyone to take it, please. Take time to read it. It's it's a, a little bit of a read. In this will be the start for some of us here at this church, a brand new walk with Christ. More deep, more thorough, more worshipful than ever before, I hope and pray. That's my prayer. I think it will happen that we would become people like Paul who are loved because we understand the whole principle that it's better to give than to receive. I'll tell you more about this in the weeks to come. It'll self-explain itself, I'm sure. Let's pray. Father, please, take this time that we have given you and would you multiply it, Father? Would you bless each person here? Father, you know our hearts. Would you please bless this, the Rock Community Church? Only because, Father, we want to become the church that we believe you want us to be. To be an Acts to church. A church that is continually, continually, continually devoted To the things of you. Your teaching. Your fellowship. Your communion. Prayer. Giving. And worshiping. Now Father would you uh, take the rest of this evening and bless it for all of us wherever we may go. Thank you so much Father for your kindness of this day. Thank you for every single person here. Bless them. Bless them deeply Father please. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. I love you all more than I can tell you. Uh, Pray with me. I know you can go, but pray with me about these next few weeks to come. I think it's going to be a turning point for us as believers in the church. God bless you. Have a good night.